Okay, we are still speaking about total faith, and um, we are looking at it from, last time I was speaking about total faith for finances, that is for some time we have been speaking about that. We are leaving that now, we want to go on to something else. I don't um, want us to, this is not a teaching on faith for finances alone, even though we know that finances are very important, and we said that Jesus used that to teach us serious things. In fact, I just feel like pointing out something. If you read from that book of Luke chapter 16, the Lord Jesus was saying to us clearly that if you are not faithful in little things, you will not be faithful in much. The way you exercise faith concerning how you handle money is a crucial indication to you concerning how you are handling faith concerning health. That's how you are handling faith concerning things you cannot see. If you, if you cannot have enough faith to have rest in your heart concerning your money, you don't have enough faith in your heart to rest about your health. You don't have faith in your heart to rest about your future. You don't have, you are just imagining it. And that's what Jesus was telling us. If you are not faithful in little things, you cannot be faithful in much. And when he was speaking about that, in that context, he emphasized that the little, all right, was money. And that is, he's calling mammon of unrighteousness. Mammon of things that are just temporal things. These are not things that have to do with eternity in themselves. So he said that is the first place where you demonstrate faithfulness. Alright, so that's what we're looking at that extensively. And I want also, you know, like I said, I want to end that. Maybe another time we can talk about money again. We're not, we can't say these things enough. So we must learn faithfulness. Please go and listen to that series, the, the last few, the last four or so in this series, when we talked about total faith for finances up to this point. Alright, I emphasize to us that faith is not just something that you just use in one area and live out in other areas. Let me emphasize it again. If you neglect the word of God in an area, it weakens you in other areas. It's not only in that area where you are weak, it affects your ability to receive from God in other areas. I said something to us last time, and we must not forget that thing again. Uh, from that book of from Revelation chapter 22, John said, the Lord was speaking to John, if anybody adds to these words, I will add plagues to him, to his life. If anybody takes away, that person, his own portion on the book will be removed. What am I trying to say? We must be careful that we don't add to the word of God or take away from it. And last time, I took a lot of time all right, to explain extensively using the book of Psalms 127. That was just a, an example. I wasn't talking about childbearing alone. That was just an example. Alright? So that we are careful that we don't undermine the word of God because actually what it is doing is removing from our lives the capacity to believe God. Now I'm going to continue from that point today, but I want to emphasize something to us again about the importance of faith. Somebody say faith is important too. Faith is important. Put the O behind it now. I said faith is important too. Faith is important too. Turn to your neighbor and tell the person, this faith matter. This faith matter. You must be diligent concerning it. Turn to somebody and say, this faith matter, this faith matter. Is, your life. is your life. It's your life. It's your life. It's your life. Listen, what God wants to do for you, he cannot do it unless he finds faith in your heart. That's what we are talking about. That's why we are saying all of these things. The Lord Jesus went to his own hometown. Not the neighboring village. His own hometown. The Bible says he could not do mighty works there. 
he wanted to, he could not. Many things are not happening in our lives today. Before I used to just think that maybe it's the will of God. No, the will of God is recorded. Anything we are not experiencing is what we have not been able to allow him do. People sometimes rationalize it. They try to explain that maybe God doesn't want to do it. There is a judgment of God. We have said that again and again. But that God does not want in himself to do some things is not true. Sometimes he's just not able because we have not released his hands to do them. Last time I said this, let me say it again. The Lord will come and say, fear not. It is I. Take courage. Don't be afraid. He wasn't saying there's no need to panic. That's not what he was saying. He wasn't saying there's no need to be excited. That was not what he was saying. What he was saying is that if you continue to be afraid, I have to walk on by, I will not be able to help you. What he was saying is that if your heart remains troubled, I can't help you. When he multiplied bread to feed thousands, the Bible said he gave to those who were seated. If you were standing, the disciples gave you nothing. Because the first instruction was that make sure everybody sits down. They put them in groups. And then they handed to those who were seated. Those who were rushing up and down, they didn't eat from that bread. You know what? <laughs> Go and listen to our series, 100-fold blessing. I am convinced that very few Christians, very few, experience even 30-fold blessing. I am convinced. We even lie to ourselves when we are teaching. We say if you want to be blessed, give to a Jew. That thing is a, is a lie. Am I just shouldn't give to Jews? No. If you give to anybody, hungry Jew, Muslim, Arab, Portuguese, you know, anybody, it's good. It's the will of God. But if you want to be blessed, give to a believer. That's the word of God. Go and read the book of Hebrews. Alright? Chapter 6. God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love that you have shown to his name in that you minister to the saints and you still do minister. I'm not saying hate Jews. I'm trying to say that where the blessing is, is in Christianity. That's my emphasis. You see, Christians teach this, they say, if you want to be blessed, you give to a Jew, you connect with Israel. That thing is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie, 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 lie. It's not, it's not the word of God. It cannot be. Paul said, if you want to be blessed, go and read Hebrews chapter 6. He said, God, he said, do good to all men, especially those who are of the household of the faith. But you know the way we preach? Do good to all men. If you want a special blessing, do good to a Jew. Please, I'm not talking about Judaism or Islam. or I'm talking about something. The real superior thing on this earth is a life that is in Christ. Is a person that is in Christ. The person is a new creature. Every Jew is of the old creature. Every Muslim is the old creature. Every African is old creature. Every Arab is old creature. Every South American is the old creature. Every Nigerian, Ghanaian, anything, you are old creature. Unless you are in Christ. And in Christ Jesus, everybody is equated. They are equal. 
Jews and Gentiles. And the promises, the Bible says, all, all the promises of God are only confirmed in Christ. So nobody, I don't care who your father is, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, until you are in Christ, the promise you are fighting for, you will never have peace in trying to get it. Because it's only in Christ Jesus that that promise is fulfilled. He said, your house, why don't you realize that Jesus spoke and his words are true? He said, your house will be left to you desolate until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Come on. I'm going to emphasize that, listen, you want to know God, it's in Christ. And that the depth of blessing that is in Christ Jesus has not, the surface has not been scratched by most of us. That's what I'm going to emphasize. I believe that 99% of Christians don't even go close to the 30-fold blessing. Now, and why? Jesus said it's unbelief. It is unbelief. It is unbelief. Do whatever you have to do. You know, sometimes I hear people say those days, you know, I grew up under the influence of the word of faith. They say you don't pray for faith. That faith comes by the word. <laughs> I don't have time to explain it. Believe me. Pray for faith. Too. Take your Bible, read. Take messages, listen. But get on your knees and say, Lord, increase my faith. Listen. People say you don't pray for faith. I differ on that. Pray for faith. The only thing is that you don't just sit down and be praying for faith every day. Lord, give me faith. Give me faith. The little you have, use it. You don't just pray for faith and sit at home. You pray for faith and go to where God is sharing out faith. <laughs> you get to my point? That is the point. Just reading the Bible doesn't give you faith. Though. Let's just get that one clear. Now, let's get it clear. Theologians spend their life reading the Bible. At the end of the day, they come up with confusion. If God does not open your eyes, read your Bible, faith will still not come. If God has not stirred the spirit of faith in your heart. Did Isaiah not say it? I did say it. God said, who shall we say, who shall go to for us? Isaiah volunteered. God said, okay, now this is your first assignment. Go and tell these people, here, don't understand. See, don't perceive. Those guys read the Bible. So that when Jesus came, Jesus said, so that it will be fulfilled, that which Isaiah said. They heard the word they did not understand. Why? Because the word of God said, render the ears of these people dull. Or render their hearts dull. Their hearts were rendered dull by the prophetic word that came out from the mouth of Isaiah. What am I going to say? If God does not stir up faith in your heart, if you like read your Bible from now till tomorrow, you won't get it. That's why we're talking about total faith. Don't think you just find one scripture, memorize it, and that is faith. No, that is rote. You can learn a scripture. Many, many churches, the greeting is it is well, but it's not well with anybody. It's not about just learning words. Faith is a spirit. It's a spirit. Ah. It's a spirit. 
It's a spirit. It's poured into you. What we are doing by all of this is that we are being careful to ensure that we can receive the spirit of faith. That's what I said last time. Anytime you see a scripture, don't touch it, even if you don't understand that it has to corrupt it. If you don't understand it, leave it. If you don't know what it means, step away. But don't use modern mind to come and give us the impression that those who wrote those because they were not modern people. They knew what they were saying. The Lord spoke to them. Sometimes when I hear people talk about this homosexuality matter and all that, they say that modern. I say, what is modern? Sodom and Gomorrah, you know how many years ago that was? It's not a new thing. The promised land, it was one of the reasons God removed those people. These were things men were doing before Moses brought the people from Egypt into the promised land. What is modern? There's nothing modern. All this noise they are making, there's nothing modern. This is when men depart from God. There's nothing modern. We don't know. In the land of Canaan, that was the same problem. People don't realize that. God said to the people of Israel, I am not bringing you in because of your righteousness. I am taking them out because of their wickedness. And he listed their wickedness for them. That was why Paul wrote in that Romans chapter 1, he said, this is the reason why the judgment of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Scripture, don't worry. You can't use modernity to translate it away. What we just do in all our striving is to ensure that we understand what God was exactly saying. That's all. If you say translation come up, explanation come up, the point is, let us be sure we got the mind of the Spirit. Because if we don't treat the Word of God like that, our hearts are locked. We can't receive the Spirit of faith, and the blessing God wants to give us, He can't give us. The thing He wants to do in our lives, He can't do those things. That's why Jesus said, you read the scriptures. Thinking in them, you will find life. Say, it didn't come to me. Say, what what do the scriptures do? They testify of me. Why? Life is in Christ. It's not in the paper. It's not in the letter. If you like, have Bible on tape. Bible on SIM card. Bible on memory card. Bible on SD card. Bible on brain card. Put it on your brain. Here it's morning, afternoon, and night. It does not mean you will have faith. Jesus said, life flows from me. Your Bible, what does it do for you? It connects you with the life that is in Christ. That's why I said to you today, listen. If you have to, get on your knees and ask for your faith. Too. One day I was listening to David Positive. He told me one man, he said, let us see. Let's pray. Let's believe that God will give us the faith to believe him for this thing. I don't know whether you can my faith. <laughs> I said, wow, this is, um, this is some level of understanding. Because the man said, this is big. So what do we do? Let's go after the faith first. Then we can go after the thing. The Lord is good. That's what we're explaining. So a lot of this we're trying to say, these are the things you do so you can tap into the spirit of faith. There is a way. You know, there are times I have prayed prayers. Ah, and I didn't see the kind of results I was supposed to see. The other day, my wife and I were speaking. We took a walk. This was, we're not in Enugu. We traveled out of Enugu. We, you know, we, something happened that day. By the time we finished walking, we came down home and sat down and said simple prayers that was, they were not even as powerful as the ones I said before. But I think I saw results on this one, clearly. Why? And that's what I want to talk about. 
Because the heart was stirred up. I told you something last time. After the last seminar. Now listen to this. I want to go into my message for today. In fact, before I tell that story, let's read the scripture. That just to tell us where we are. Alright? Psalm 1. That's what I want to start with from today. The book of Psalms. I'm going to read many portions of the Bible. Let me just start from Psalm 1. Psalm number 1. He said, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. The Bible says he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Let me just stop here because of time. The first three verses. Now listen to this. The blessing of a man is not determined by his desire. The blessing of a man, of anyone, is not determined by their pursuit. Are you going after it? Your goal, write it in front of you. Every morning, let it be driving you. Drive you to hellfire, doesn't matter. Let it drive you. <laughs> the Lord is good. Sometimes I don't understand justice. Sometimes I look at Christians. Eh? <laughs> let me just say something quickly. Listen to this. Christians, listen to this. Christianity is not the way by which we get the goal that the world set, the world set for us. I don't know whether I get my point. What I see a lot these days is that Christians have their goals set by the world. And then they want to use faith to accomplish it. I told you that what God is actually doing, most of us as believers, we have not gone near 30% of it. If I say this, it will, make a, it will surprise a lot of people. <laughs> Do you know, you read the Bible, eh? God does not believe in long-term goals. He doesn't. He has a principle. Break your life up into days. Handle each day, period. What about the next day? Ask God about it. Do you plan for it? You can't. That's what he says. It's not as if you don't try, but you can't. One of two lessons the Lord taught me recently through experiences. But I learned a third one today. Yesterday, today. One lesson is one, don't depend on people even if they are good people. Two, don't scheme. Even if it's for a good thing. Just deal openly, clearly. Don't have any hidden agenda. Even if you think the aim of that thing is good, don't have it. As for long-term goals, James said, you don't have the power to make them. And that's what James said. But we need so much of worldly materials, we've lost faith and we don't know it. You know, when the Bible says all flesh is grass, they tell you that 90% of companies fail within five years. These are American statistics. 
of the 10% that survive, another 90% fail within the following five years. Which means at the end of 10 years, companies that survive are first 90%, that's one out of 100. That's American. American statistics, not even Nigerian statistics. Nigerian is not better, it's not worse. It may even be better. Now, why does that happen? I'll tell you, because all flesh is grass. That's the only reason. Sometimes we'll take young boys like Mark Zuckerberg. Pronounce his name, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, right? How old is he now? Okay, he's in his early 30s. And it's currently, as at this year's Forbes publication of about if a few weeks ago, he's the sixth richest man on the earth. Sixth richest person on the earth. Number one, Bill Gates. Number two, Carlos Ortega. Number three, Carlos Slim. Number four, Warren Buffett. Who's number five? They say, I know. <laughs> see, the ones we mentioned, they say we know that one before. That's, that's, that's the order, all right? Warren Buffett is either four or five. If, four, if Buffett is four, anyway. But number six, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg. And of course, he's the youngest of the lot. Far younger than everybody else. Far younger. Warren Buffett is over, he's about 80, thereabout. Bill Gates is in his sixties now. Carlos Ortega, seventy something. Are you getting my point? Carlos Slim, seventy something, crawling to eighty. Also, these are elderly people. But Mark Zuckerberg came in and is thirty something and the sixth richest person on the earth today. So we start using that one to motivate young men. Look at him. What we talk foolishly, as if he had any plans to get here. That's where I'm going. He had no such plans. A set of twins, brothers, they sued him years ago that Facebook was their idea. That this was an idea they discussed with him in the dormitory in school. But that he ran off with it. He paid them $50 million to settle the matter. I don't, I don't think it's a fraud. I don't, my own, I didn't tell you the truth. I saw them on TV, I think being interviewed by Larry King or one of these people. And they seemed so convinced. It didn't even move me. Because if the thing had been in your hands, we probably would never have heard of it. The power belongs to God. Nobody can scheme. People with better ideas than Mark Zuckerberg, you never heard of them. Vanished. This WhatsApp you see today that's taking over the world, and Mark Zuckerberg was so smart, paid them some billions of dollars for it. Those people that started WhatsApp, they were essentially out of work. They had worked for Yahoo. They were not small boys. They were experienced programmers. They had worked in this tech thing for a long time. They were out of work. So two of them sat down and said, guys, what do we do? Let's just do a messaging system, which wasn't new. What was just new was that they said, okay, use the phone numbers, 
and there are no adverts. That's all. You identify the person once you have the phone number. There's not, you know, BB was doing it. I don't, let me not start business analysis for you now. I will have told you why God judged BB. And why God judged Nokia. And why God will also judge Apple if they are not careful. This kingdom belongs to God. Though. The reason he judged BB is clear. I can tell you. Just don't have, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be moved into that. The reason why he closed Nokia was the same reason he sank the Titanic. A man built a, a boat, opened his mouth and said, even God cannot sink this boat. There are things that shouldn't come out of your mouth. Even if you believe it in your heart, let it stay there. The foolish man says in his heart, there is no God. Just keep it in your heart. Don't open your mouth. When it's in your heart, God doesn't have to explain to anybody. But when you open your mouth and you have created yourself as a testimony, God said, this boy is begging to be made an example. Go and read it. The reason why God took down Nebuchadnezzar is this not Babylon the Great, which I built with the strength of my might for the glory of my majesty. Once Nokia opened its mouth and began to say that, God said, just watch me. No, I don't know how many companies like that went down so fast. It didn't take four years for Apple and Android to drive Nokia out of existence. Listen, I'll tell you something. All these long-term plans, long-term goals, what they don't tell you is that most of the people who follow those things, don't make it. They don't. They don't succeed. But when they have failed, you can't write a book. Will you buy a book? A man says, how I failed. I say, who is he? He says, I don't know. That's your neighbor. Who's that guy? I don't know. For a man to tell you how I failed, he must succeed for himself. Men who have seen these things know that indeed the power belongs to God. That's what I'm saying. So God said to the children of God, he said, occupy until I come. It's when I come that matters. It's when I come that matters. It's when I come that matters. It's how I judge. It's my judgment. You see young boys and young girls, and they see two face. They see all these people. And they see plenty of money, don't jazz. Then I say, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a musician. Those is our issues. They say that, uh, buy your children football, though, because I say, listen, I am not buying anybody football. I will buy them pen and paper. Go to school. You are supposed to learn. None of these footballers plans to succeed. None of them. Time and chance happens to them all. Go and buy your son football. Let him not go to school. At the end of the day, when he has finished failing in football, he has nothing else to do. He can't read or write. I said, listen, they say, all these uh, musicians, actors, they make so much money. I said, you don't know. In America, I heard George Clooney say this. I read his article, George Clooney. At that time, he was a chairman of the Guild of Actors in America. 
And he said the average salary, the average income, average of the American actor was $10,000 a year. That's less than $1,000 a month. What does that tell you? Most actors are very poor, even in America. All this we see in home video. I've lived with them before, when I first came to Enugu. They used to come and shoot me when I was in the guest house stay. You overhear them talk. They used to pay those girls 1,000 naira a scene. You see film, see the... Most people you see there, 1,000 naira place where they show your face. If they show you two more, they can get a discount. Okay, 850. <laughs> <laughs> if they pay the actor for that movie, maybe 6 million naira. They gave 5.5 million to two. Yes, Genevieve and Anomotola will collect the 5.5 million. Everybody is sharing 1,000, 1, 1, five. What So when you see them on TV, you think that when you see Anomotola that they say, hey, what's the name? Genevieve. Genevieve will enter a shop, price bag, price bag, open her bag, give them a millionaire cash, collect the bags, bags, put in a bigger bag and go home. When people see, they think that's how everybody there is making money. No. Most people there are very poor. Capital P. Okay, no. They are going to be sure they poor. They have poverty. <laughs> poverty. People think that. So, you see, young, nobody planned to succeed. They asked Harry Ford, how did you make it in movie business? He said, no one can rightfully take credit. That's what he said. He said there is luck and there is grace. That's what Harrison Ford said. Harrison Ford had given up. He tried moving business. It did not work. So he gave up. For a man to eat, good enough, he had skill in carpentry. He started making, he joined them in making sets, you know. All those props, all those things that they do. He started making sets for films. And then one day somebody called him to say, come, this is Indiana Jones thing want to do. You should be able to do it. He blossomed late as an actor. By the time you were hearing Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, he was already in his 50s. Not this way that you started knowing they are in their 20s, in their 30s. No, he was in his 50s. Because he had given up. So he said, nobody can rightfully take credit. There is luck and there is grace. Why am I saying all of these things? No, we began to read somewhere, right? He said, how blessed is the man that it is where a man walks it's not his desire that determines his blessing. It's where he walks. It's where he sits. It's where he stands. And the believer must learn to just trust God, having identified where to sit, where to walk, where to stand. You just have to learn to trust God. There's no scheming. No. There's no scheming. There's no, nothing in this life guarantees anything. That's why I take believers. Settle down and pray. Ask. Say, Lord, do this for me. I will like this. This will make me glad. Purify your motives. Get on your knees and ask him for something. What faith does for you? 
is to ensure that you don't limit what he can do. Because many people can't ask him for things they should ask for. Because they feel like I don't have the educational background to carry it. God could have done it. But they said, don't bother. I don't have the background to carry that. And God just shakes his head. Concerning God, he said, his spirit will not always strive with man. God wants to do something for you. You are arguing and arguing, he leaves you. Let me do it for somebody else. What faith does, why we do all this teaching, is for us to be able to confidently come to him and just ask. With pure motives. Once the motive is pure, and once we don't allow unbelief to hinder what we can receive from him, we will be amazed at what he can do. You will be amazed. Once covetousness and competition is not pushing you up and down, why do you think the Bible, the story was written for us in, Bible, in the Bible? That Jabez said, oh, that you will bless me indeed. Before then, they said his name was Son of Sorrow. I am convinced after that time, God stopped calling him Jabez. There's nobody he blessed, did not change their name. Let's continue. See, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked? Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. He said, but his delight. These are the things that control what comes to somebody in life. What he delights in. I talked about that in that book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. I keep on recommending that book, please. I seriously advise everybody, please read it. Great Faith Can Be Yours. Because what your delight what makes you happy? You know, in this life, you make your choice. That's why I wrote the book, Choice is Key to Destiny. You make up your mind what you want to like. That's it. You make up your mind what you want to like. You don't let your flesh tell you what you like. You look at the scriptures and use the word of God to train yourself in what you should like. The flesh is not allowed to dictate what you like. In the world today, what the world is trying to do is that people should be allowed to express themselves. You know, you hear all of those things. You follow your heart. Please don't believe all that rubbish. It's not the word of God. Though. David said, come, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What comes to you naturally is not right. Though. <laughs> All this one that they teach every day in the world is a lie. That, that is where people like Barack Obama and a lot of them in America, they've gotten it wrong. It's how a man feels. One state in the U.S., I read it yesterday, <laughs> they passed a law, some people are criticizing them now, that listen, you will use the bathroom according to the sex written on your birth certificate. They were tired. I don't know whether you get my point. That if you want to go to the toilet, if your birth certificate says you are female, better go to the one that's female. You didn't get the cheese. They had to write a law. They had to write a law because what was happening is that in many states in America, if you want to go to a bathroom, you look. As I did so, I walk into the female bathroom. What are you doing here? You say, I feel female. <laughs> they look at you top to bottom. You say, listen, it is how I feel. And if you say anything, I sue you for discrimination. For bias. For bigotry. 
You hurt my feeling. I've not slept well since the day you said I couldn't pee where I wanted to pee. <laughs> what I've done is it. When men say, look, you should be dick, it's how you feel. That's where they get to. But the Bible says, listen, I'm not explaining something that the delight, what you delight, it's your control. It's under your control. Because the Bible says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. That love in your heart, what you want to like, is something you decide to like. This is, I tell you, that I don't watch football. And you think I was not the normal young man? I was. As a little boy, I was a goalkeeper. And I was a choice goalkeeper when we were doing sets. Nobody you know what they call sets? Yeah, it was like, yes. Banky, you'll be, the, you'll be a goalkeeper. And I was, look, listen, I'm not bragging. I was good. I could dive. I stopped goalkeeping when my friends changed to hard ball. I still remember one day, one senior guy in our neighborhood, we were playing football. We had this hard, real, you know, these real balls, not the one boys, small children play, real one. Put the thing down. The guy gave me one, and I was waiting the goalpost. I said, Bontika is you. He said, no, no, not this ball. The guy gave me the hottest shot of my life. This interesting part. Reflex, I caught the ball. It was just reflex. It came, boom! I died in that direction. I remember I caught it with my thigh. <laughs> Except that the prince did not leave my leg for one week. <laughs> the prince, I don't know how long it took for that thing to go away. The man almost, almost dislocated my hip. Listen, <laughs> I'm going somewhere. You see where I'm going in a moment. Which I played ball, though. It was when my classmates were growing, and you know, they, were, they, were, they, they matured earlier than me, so I started losing some interest, you know, so I couldn't make into some teams just because of body size. My body size was small. Now, you wouldn't believe it. And I was small at the time, you know, believe me. <laughs> now, why am I telling this story? So I went to I played ball, you know, forget that thing. I did. I started watching ball also, but the time came, I saw that anytime men gather, especially when in school, they spend a lot of time arguing on football. So I made up my mind that this was going to be a waste of my time. I decided to stop watching. That's, that's all. I just made up my mind I'm not watching. Why? For a single reason, I did not want to have the capacity to contribute in the arguments. That was my only reason. I said, I don't want to have the capacity to contribute. So when they are watching football, I wouldn't watch. Why? I say, if I watch, when you guys want to talk tomorrow, I will see something to say. So I stopped. And as I got involved only when you were watching um, international matches, which is not every day. Are you getting my Nigeria is playing and all of that. Not, um, I mean, like when you are doing World Cup and stuff, African Cup of Nations. And then that one again, I stopped one time when I realized that I was getting, I get too emotionally involved. Yes, that is, I played the ball with them. I, you know, I, I, I literally get a fever. If Nigeria is playing a crucial match, my blood pressure, my, my temperature, I'm not kidding. You touch my body, it's hot. So I said, for what? Is it carrying us to heaven? How is this one <laughs> helping my destiny? I stopped. Too. The day they were playing Argentina versus, um, that's Olympics, was it? Yeah, was it Olympics? 
Yes, Atlanta 96. My friends gathered in my apartment to watch it on my TV. I ran away into the kitchen, locked the door, locked the windows, and put on loud music so I wouldn't hear the commentary. They were in my sitting room watching them. Well, a small apartment, but sitting area. I refused. At the point that I came out, I told my friend, how goes the battle? <laughs> he said, do you want to know? I said, he said, battle is blood, you. <laughs> I said, what? It was not Argentina. I said, that's Argentina. It was Brazil. It was Brazil, not Argentina. We're playing Brazil. He said, eh? Battle is blood, you. I said, eh, what's going on? He said, 3 1. I said, what? I did not, that is, I closed my ears. I didn't hear anything throughout. So I went back into where I was hiding. And I began to pray. <laughs> and I still remember the prayer I prayed. I said, God, you see, have mercy on this, our country. I know you love us. And I'll pray one prayer. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. I said, all oh, these sins of the Brazilian, it's time to remember it. <laughs> And I specifically asked him to remember the sin they commit during their carnivals. I said, God, you see all those naked people? Is it good? I said, Lord, please remember their iniquities. But as for our own, forget. <laughs> so that was like, it was an interesting day. Because <clears throat> next thing I knew was that I heard a noise. And my friend jumped to this bedroom. Well, it's not really a bedroom. It's a single room. But it's the way it is, our apartment. Jumped to the bed area and threw the bed off, the mattress off the bed. And maybe he knocked on the door that led to the kitchen area. Something. So I, saw, I, I said, that must be an equalizer. The noise in the environment was so hot. I said, it had to be an equalizer. It can't be three, two. So I came out. I said, what happened? They said, equalizer. I said, we will win. So I sat down and watched the rest of the match. <laughs> I, I knew we would win. I, I knew we would win. I still remember how somebody gave a cross, he hit a mockachi on the back, Kano was coming. So that one bounced back in Kano's path. Kano took the ball, boom! And it was sudden death. Remember, it was sudden death. And I still remember one of my favorite footballers in the world. He almost cried, Bebeto. Oh, Bebeto looked like God. Why are you forsaking us? As the Vanky was asking him to forsake him. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Well, I'm telling the story is that, listen, see, I deliberately made my choice. I said, no, I am not doing. And my reasons. Now, I'm going back to something here. When I say the delight is in the law, it's a deliberate thing that somebody does. I've heard people tell me that, uh, I've heard all kinds of things. I don't like American preachers. Why? I can't hear what they are saying. I said, learn it. Oh. You learn it. You will learn and hear what they are saying. There were preachers those days, no, till now, of course, their they material is still there. I don't like reading their books, but I listen to their messages like mad. What's wrong with their books? I don't know. There's a way they write. It doesn't, it doesn't flow with me. So I say, but then when they are talking, oh. so I, I got as many messages as possible. Till now, I sit down. Recently, I downloaded a lot of the messages from YouTube. I may not like something, but there is something behind. I deliberately go for that thing. There's a man I told you, I listened to, old-time preacher. I don't know why I said alive. He's alive now in the U.S. He'll be very old. The man, I have his messages. If he, 
if he insults black people, you won't want to listen to him. Insult. But I preached the message long ago. So one day I listened to it. I said, my wife, look at what this guy is saying. Look at what he's saying. I'll be laughing. My wife said, why are you listening to him? I said, oh, he knows some things nobody else I know knows. So I will stomach all the insults, the abuse. I will get the thing that the person wants to say. It's delight. It's in the law of the law. It's a deliberate thing. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. I've had people tell me before, when we want to plan a program or something, they said, let's not start this time. I said, why? They said, that is when they are playing the finals of UEFA football. I said, make sure the program starts when their opening whistle is being blown. Me, I won't make any adjustment for things that are so stupid and trivial. Change when I want to preach because you want to go and watch match. Please go and watch the match. He said his delight is in the law of the Lord. I'm bringing out something here. Listen. 